We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. New on Curiosity Stream. I'm James Burke. I'm going to take you on a journey through time. James Burke's visionary series returns, reimagined for our time. Now, this is all uncharted territory. The Washington Post hails Burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the Western world. The New York Times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another. Where do we want to go from here? Experience all new connections. So what's the next connection? With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. What is going on, everybody? By the way, did we actually start? Did the, did the countdown, did that, was that effective, Jordan? He did that last time to me on this show, too. It's just annoying. All right, let's start this show up. We are about to break down. I don't know if we've started or not, but Jordan, who just shows up and he's like, hey, maybe I'm ready, maybe I'm not. And I'm trying to get the ball rolling. So I'm going, Jordan, I'm counting you down this time. But then I couldn't tell if he was actually going to start after I was done counting down. So I gave Jordan the five-finger countdown and probably should have flipped him off at the end, but unfortunately did not. So is the show starting? Has it not starting? Nobody knows except for you, the audience. So if you could do me a favor, like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Eric and I are about to be breaking down Rainmakers for the upcoming PGA tournament. We've got the Travelers Championship. And last week, we had the U.S. Open, which, how'd that go for you, Eric? How was the U.S. Open last week? It was okay. Um, I had a lot of Morikawa, a lot of Rory. I had no Wyndham Clark. And it's really frustrating because I had a rare and an elite of Wyndham Clark when the season started off. And... I was like, you know, I'm probably willing to unload him at a high point after, you know, you put himself in contention in a couple of spots. Oh, no, he just goes out and he's won twice now in the last two months and just continues to play ridiculous golf. He's gaining strokes in every category across the board. A year ago, he was outside of the top 140 in ball striking statistics this year. Just 19th. No big deal. Uh, pretty frustrating there. But other than that, I can't really complain. I basically lost about 10 percent, which... Uh, from a DFS perspective is fine. Made a little bit back in Rainmakers, but all in all, probably a wash last week. Yeah, so for me, because we have our Sims tools now for PGA, I was given that a whirl. I was like, I'm going to try out some PGA DFS. I was overweight to the field on Wyndham Clark. Nice. Overweight to the field on Macro. Macro was in like 60% of my lineups. Overweight to the field on Ricky Fowler. Overweight to the field on uh, Scotty Scheffler. And then I'm trying to remember what, and lost money. So like my initial thing is like, boy, PG. Oh my DFS, God. Just because yeah. I just didn't have, I just didn't have a lineup that broke free and was like at the top of any GPP. Yeah. So I was like, boy, this is, this is nearly impossible. It was one of those weeks where the the fifth and sixth guys in your lineup were just so important because the chalk smashed. I mean, the chalk smashed, like through a bulldozer smashed. It was incredible stuff, but it was so hard to get that guy to come along for the ride. I had... A lot of Eric Cole, he fell apart on Sunday, had a lot of other pieces that were kind of similar to that, where I just couldn't get anything to happen for me on Sunday. I was waiting for that one guy to emerge that I needed. Oh, it did not happen. The other thing, too, is it, it seemed like a lot of my lineups, it was like one golfer either missed the cut or just kind of shit the bed over the weekend. Like a couple of best lineups had Mito in them, Mito Pereira. Uh -huh. He missed the cut on the 18th hole where he had like, uh, like a 14 foot 
putt for par wasn't able to convert, which was his entire Friday. He just wasn't able to yeah. make some putts. So that was, it was just, I had like uh, all really good golfers in my laps and like one shitty one. And that was just how like all my lineups kind of filtered. So it was like a lot of min caches and a lot of lineups that just barely missed the cash line, but it was good. And I definitely think with the help of some of the tools and data we have over at stochastic.com and also the fact that you and I have been doing these, you know, PGA Rainmaker shows every Tuesday, I'm going to be getting more involved in PGA and definitely looking forward to it. And starting with this week, we've got the Travelers Championship. And are, are you surprised how loaded the field is coming off of the U.S. Open? Because we've got a lot of the top golfers in the field still. Yeah, no, it's an elevated event. And so these elevated events, this is the first year that we've had them. You had the RBC Heritage coming off of the Masters. You have this, at TPC River Highlands coming off of the U.S. Open. It's just a way that encourages sponsors to stay a part of the PGA Tour to, to really thank them. Because sometimes after a major, all the top players take the week off. That's been a routine thing that's happened. And now they're starting to take it off on the weeks that aren't elevated events. And they're going to rotate through what those are going into next year. I know that Jack Nicholas talked about how there are going to be other events when he was hosting uh, the Honda Classic. There are going to be other events that become elevated that change from this year to next, but we just don't know who they are. There's some other stuff going on with the PGA Tour that we don't exactly know what it's going to look like next year, but uh, I do know for a fact that this week, you got some studs, so you're going to want to play them. And uh, by the way, Obi-Wan in the chat who's messaging, if you got any questions for us, Obi-Wan, hit us up with them. He also just said that he got a free booster pack last slate. So uh, yeah, curious. If you open that up, let us know who you got and hopefully somebody good for this week. Cause we do yes. have, like we said, it's, it's an elevated event here, the travelers championship, and you've got pretty much all of the studs in the field. And if you look at our free projections that we have over at stochastic.com for rainmakers, which I'll drop into the YouTube chat right now, you'll see that we've got a lot of the guys who you'll usually see in the major field. So there's tiers here. And the top tier for us, Scotty Scheffler, kind of by himself, 12.2% chance being the top golfer, 35.7% chance being a top five golfer. And that is in terms of the DraftKings scoring for Rainmakers purposes. Then you go down, you got Rory, 8.2% chance to be the top scoring golfer, 8.1% for John Rahm. And there's a little bit of a, of a tail off. But in terms of those top three, Scotty Scheffler reigns above the others. Yes. Do you agree with that? Or would you lean towards a Rahm or McElroy? No, Scotty Scheffler. It's just dumb. It what we are watching him do is dumb. He's finished in the top five in five consecutive events, being the Byron Nelson, the PGA, the Charles Schwab, the Memorial, and the US Open. We're talking big boy golf tournaments. Last week, he gained with the putter. Yay! After losing 4.6 and 8.5 in the previous two weeks, having the best ball striking ever. Oh, yeah, he still gained, you know, 12.8 strokes gained T to green, but 1.2 with the putter. That's an encouraging sign. If he switched to this putter that has different weights at the bottom, it's a different Scotty, a different version of that Scotty that he's putting with. And if he feels any which way comfortable with it, this is a golf course that everybody's seen. This is a lot different than going to LACC North last week where, you know, the ball striking can fade because you're not necessarily as comfortable. You know the lines, Scotty Scheffler, he's playing the best golf out of anybody on planet Earth right now. If you have his cards, you just, you play him in the captain, you just move on with your life. Yeah, he's been really, really good as of late. And uh, typically, you know, I don't know how many tournaments I can remember this year where neither Rom nor Scheffler finished top five. It seems like one of them finished top five in nearly every single event, yeah. given that they're actually in the field. And 
something else that I think we should note, Rory McIlroy, who went through a little bit of a downturn in terms of his form right around the Masters, missed the cut at the Players' Championship, missed the cut at Augusta, then had kind of a subpar outing at the Wells Fargo since then. Seventh at the PGA Championship, Mm -hmm. seventh at the Memorial, ninth at the Canadian Open, and then, of course, last week contended, came up a little short, but finished second at the U.S. Open. Is Rory back now, and what do you attribute his turnaround to, and can we have confidence in him for Rainmakers? Me telling you all to buy him at the PGA Championship and nobody listened to me, even though Jesse wants to try to, you know, go in the Discord and try to try to tilt me and everybody else. Uh, it's one of those things where, yeah, you're going to play your best available cards, but Rory, you could have bought at such a low leading into that PGA Championship. People were questioning if he was ever going to find form again. What's going on with him? Uh, is Rory McIlroy... Uh, washed like some of the dumbest conversation pieces ever. It seems as though since this merger, maybe it's just taking a little bit of that weight of him having to carry the beacon of the PGA Tour off his shoulders. Last week, I liked that he didn't do any media, that he really buckled down the golf swing. He's worked with Tiger now a couple of weeks, and uh, there's been some back and forth there. It's showing up in the numbers. Off the tee numbers are off the charts. 8.3 again this last week. 6.1 here, strokes gain off the tee at the RBC. Now, this golf course, River Highlands, it's pretty easy to hit these fairways and greens. You see the field kind of moderate in that regard, but you still have to hit the ball close to the hole. And when you see 7.3 and 5.3 strokes gained approach in two of his last four tournaments, that's the kind of iron upside that can be combined with the I know the Sunday putting got a bad rap. He still gained 1.4 for the entire tournament at the U.S. Open, but positive in four straight uh, tournaments with the putter. I love everything about Rory McIlroy this week. Again, if you have him, you're just prioritizing him. And then, you know, we've got these three guys, you know, Scheffler, McIlroy, Rom. They're all kind of no-brainers. If you have them, you're playing them. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, you've put him on Tier 1. He's Tier 1 in our projections yeah. above these guys as well. If you had an option, though, between Rory and Rom, considering the form that Rory is in right now, if you had to pick one of them to play in a captain, you have a card of each of them. Do you have a lean between Rory and Rom, or is it as simple as both are great options? You flip a coin, you move on with your life. I'd probably go Rory because, I mean, you look at, it's it's tough. As you said, Scotty Scheffler and John Rom, they've gone back and forth. And, and John Rom still finished 10th at the U.S. Open, gained strokes in every single category. I feel though that this is a spot where we just have a little bit more familiarity of what Ron, or what uh, Rory can do on this golf course, whereas Rom has never finished inside of the top twenty-five here in three appearances. Now you can also make that same argument for Scotty Scheffler, who's never finished in the top ten here. They're at least all familiar with it. We've seen twice in the three times John Rom's shown up here where he lost more than four strokes with the irons. I'm not sure what to make of it. There was some water lurking, a couple of par threes on that back nine. You get some pretty exciting holes coming down the stretch. It's a really good finishing stretch there at uh, TPC River Highlands. But as it stands right now, I am just, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty positive that uh, Rory's just the guy that I just put a, a slight, notch above him simply because of how many times he's seen these other golf courses on the PGA tour compared to a ROM. And then is something else to consider with this too, that we, we've already got three majors behind us. There's only one left. So if you're buying somebody between Rory and ROM, correct me if I'm wrong here, but wouldn't you say that going into the open championship, Rory, somebody you might be prioritizing over ROM. And if all else being equal, that is the biggest torrents we're going to have remaining. Is that a reason maybe also to be slightly leaning Rory if you're buying one of them on the secondary market? I, I don't hate that logic whatsoever. I think Rory's always 
Uh, he hits the ball higher than anybody, but he grew up in Northern Ireland, and that kind of brings the narrative that he's a good win player into play. He definitely is. I think Rom is too, so it's it's kind of splitting hairs there at a certain point. But the one differentiating piece there is you talk about the major championship history there for him. He won his Open, I believe it was, at the Prestwick in Scotland. Um, it was, or not at Prestwick, sorry, at, uh, at Royal Liverpool, where the tournament is being hosted here this season. So... Pretty good course history. How about that? Let me pull up the DraftKings odds. Let's see what they have for the Open Championship. Not a bad way to look at it. Who would you guess is the favorite, and what do you think their odds are? Scotty Scheffler, 6-1. to It is Rory McIlroy at plus 750. Look at that. Again, I think that probably speaks a little bit to this is where he won at Royal Liverpool. Yeah, I'm sure. And by the way, it's not like Rom and Scotty Scheffler that far behind. Rom is right. second at nine to one, and then you got Scotty Scheffler at ten to one. So once again, like like we're saying for splitting hairs, but mm-hmm. you know that's what we're kind of doing here when we're looking at projections. And we've got Roy with an eight point two percent chance to be the top scoring golfer this week, and John Rom at eight point one percent. So very close between the two of them. Obviously, both elite plays, but. We have to choose one or the other. I'm going to go with a slight lean towards Rory. Well, and think about Lynx golf too. Lynx golf is just different than what we're seeing here in America, where it's just simply target aim and Rory having the course history where he goes out and wins there. I I do value course history more. Uh, it's it's something that I bring up on these shows, but it's probably like maybe a 10%, 15% uh, portion of my model. It's not something that I weight all that heavily compared to maybe other players, but when you go overseas and when you go to the Open Championship, I surely value experience. I surely value being able to plot it around because it it's just a different way of playing golf. It's uh, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of familiarity with the surfaces, with the types, and having different kind of shots for those surfaces. Rory having one there, not, uh, definitely not a bad thing. I understand why odds makers went that direction. And then, with that in mind, are there any golfers that you think stand out for the Travelers Championship? that maybe a few weeks from now when we're talking about the Open Championship, maybe golfers who you and I, we talk about double dipping on this show, you know, who could we invest in now who might uh-huh. be a good play that also is going to look really good when we're seeing bigger prize pools for the for the Open Championship later on in the summer here. Is there anybody like that that comes to mind for you that it's like, I like this guy this week, and if you go and buy a card of him, I'm also going to get him at the Open? Colin Morikawa. Um Colin Morikawa is just fine. I don't know. Everybody lost their mind going into that week. I ended up, he was my highest owned golfer last week. Uh, He finished 14th, didn't put it together on Sunday. He was probably the one piece I really needed to have do something on Sunday. He made a move there Thursday or on a Saturday. 5.5, he gained with the approach. 7.2 T to green. Lost a little bit around the green. That's kind of familiar, but gained 1.8 with the putter. He is a former Open Championship on an easier type golf course. And I don't think River uh, uh, Royal Liverpool is going to play all that difficult. We also know that he's somebody that's going to be in that FedEx Cup playoffs as you're getting yourself dwindled down to the top 30. It would be very, very surprising not to see him there at East Lake, which gives you a differentiating piece at another golf course that I think he sets up pretty well at. And I know it hasn't necessarily completely together there for him uh, in the FedEx Cup Tour uh, playoffs. He lost 6.8 with the putter last season in that event. 
but that's exactly it. He's gone through these really poor putting stretches. I love him getting back to the claw. I love seeing him gain massive amount of shots with the approach. It was such a fluky thing for him to have to withdraw over at the Memorial with the back spasms going into Sunday. He was right there in contention. Uh, we don't even have the stroke gain data listed a lot of places because he withdrew. I think that's a good thing. You uh, you don't want to be sleeping on Colin Morikawa sitting at 1040 relative to Tony Finau for $3 more. Xander Shoffley, $6 more. Give me Colin Morikawa at this number. Shout out to Ryan Rennebaum is in the chat. Ryan says that he's going to be playing Rory at captain in his single entry, which no good problem man. with that whatsoever. Here's an answer I have for the question I already asked you, because I'm also scrolling through the open championship odds at DraftKings and just seeing what stands out. Could I interest you in Shane Lowry, who sure is 25 to 1 to win the open championship and projects pretty well for us this week? We have him with a 2% chance to be the top overall scoring golfer, 6.6% chance to be top five. So the golfers that are priced similarly to, I should say, the golfers with similar odds to Shane Lowry this week. We've got Max Homa with a 2.1% chance to be a top golfer. Wyndham Clark at 2.2%. Tommy Fleetwood at 2.2%. Uh, Finau is 2.3%. So at least in our projections, Lowry is on that tier and would fit the mold of one of those guys that would also stand out at the Open Championship. Do you like Lowry for this week, or is there any other mid-range guy that you're kind of targeting? Yeah, I like Shane Lowry this week. I, I don't mind the call and the shout-out. You get overseas, and immediately he transforms. Uh, he becomes the guy everybody wants to click on in DFS. I think in Rainmakers, considering this is our first year of it, I love that he's not a starter card and that he's got 25 to 1. There are a lot of starter cards that are going to be sitting at that number or inside of that number. Nice to have him as a piece of differentiation, especially in a large field where you could throw him in the captain slot and you're not giving up that much equity, that much win equity. I mean, we just saw Wyndham Clark win at massive long shot odds. Uh, it's not that unfamiliar to run into that at the Open Championship, at least in years past. We've seen a lot of unknown winners. We've also seen some studs, really, the the cream of the crop rise to the top. But Shane Lowry, a former winner, somebody that regardless of how conditions play out, he's got the acumen, the touch, Everything around the green that you're looking for, that nice combination of really good iron play and around the green play, that can come in handy. So uh, really like that shout out. Somebody else that I might have my eye on too, Matt Fitzpatrick sitting there at 698. It's it's Matt Fitzpatrick. He came off of a U.S. Open win last season. It's been pretty uninspiring at times for Matt Fitzpatrick. He just complained about the U.S. Open. Still finished 17th with 4.9 strokes gained around the green. The off the tee game disappeared for him that week. I think he's the kind of guy who, with the speed training, everything he's put in, he has definitely, definitely improved uh, in terms of distance, in terms of what that game can be. He had gained two previous weeks there at the RBC Canadian and the Memorial. Just one bad week with the driver. It happens in golf. So he gained in every other category. Feel pretty good about Matt Fitzpatrick at that number. Yeah, Fitzpatrick also doesn't project poorly for us. Actually, a golfer who we don't have great odds of him being the top scoring golfer in the field overall, 1.5%, but we do actually have him with 10.3% chance to be a top five scoring golfer. So uh, he is somebody who is projecting to have a pretty good chance of at least being in an optimal lineup, even if it isn't necessarily as the captain. So it does look like a really strong utility play where we have him with better odds to be a top five golfer this week than Wyndham Clark. We have him with better top five odds than Max Homer or Justin Thomas. So I do think that based on our numbers, he does project out fairly well there, Matt Fitzpatrick for sure. 
Uh, and also, shout out in here to, uh, by the way, Charles Moran. Are we talking golf? Yeah, we're talking golf here. We're talking some golf. And then uh, Obi-Wan followed up and said that he opened a booster pack and actually got a uh, Rory in it a couple weeks ago. So good timing. That's always fun. That's Very always fun. Speaking of which, the the packs, if you guys haven't claimed your starters pack yet, there's a link for that below in the description box. Totally free starters pack when you're joining, checking out PGA Rainmakers for the first time. You're going to get to choose a stud golfer. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, no-brainer this week. I would say this week, more than other weeks, not a no-brainer, but it's a no-brainer considering you're going to get him the rest of the year. Um, for this specific week, if you made an argument for for Rory, I wouldn't completely hate it, but I hate it in terms of what the cost is for Scotty, and you're going to want him. You're just going to want him. All right. What, what is what is Stream Elements doing in here? Stream Elements, get out of here. Get out of here just promoting random shit in the YouTube chat. Get out of here, Stream <laughs> What are these bots doing? What are these bots uh, doing? It's just Jordan Clyde not doing his job, being uninspiring. It's fine. Oh, fine. Yeah, all right. That makes more sense. Can't be yeah. the bots. It's the Definitely man who not. programmed the bots. Yep. Is there a golfer amongst the top end that you consider a fade for this week? A golfer who you're like, yeah, the field's too high on this guy. I don't have interest. Maybe not necessarily that if you had a card you wouldn't play, but somebody you wouldn't consider buying on the secondary market that maybe the field is. Um, I don't think the field's going crazy for Thagala. I don't really think the field's going crazy for... I would say Wyndham Clark probably is the, the buy high spot where coming off of the win last week, his life's changed. He had already won previously here this season uh, at another very difficult golf course in Quail Hollow. He comes off of a U.S. Open win. He's going cross-country to Connecticut. I'm not sure exactly what you're looking at from him this week, but I'm not going to be playing him in DFS. I'm not going to be playing him in any kind of formats. He's probably the guy up here that if he missed the cut, I would be the least surprised by it, considering all of what this week entailed for him. But that's a weird thing to say about somebody who's won two of their last four starts on the PGA Tour, so it always gets a little bit dicey. But he's sitting at $11 now. Uh, maybe I'm just bitter because, again, sold sold pretty low, I would say, on the rare and elites right before he went on a run. And that is the worst feeling when it comes to Rainmakers. So I will say I'm cheering against Wendell Clark, but I think there's actually some logic behind it. He played fantastic no doubt about it but uh has a missed cut in his last four tournaments don't really have that with a lot of other players at the top yeah no that totally makes sense and i mean if there's anybody who the field is going to just generally be higher on it's the guy who just won a major championship where there's more eyeballs on that tournament than anything else so i uh, wouldn't be surprising either if that inflates his value you know getting into tomorrow night as we're getting closer to lock and all that stuff no issue with that at all and then on the flip side are there any players you think are golfers, I should say, that are massively undervalued? Any long shots hmm. that you're giving a realistic chance to win that people should either plug into their lineups or just somebody that people might want to consider getting on the secondary market if they're looking for a cheap way to fill out a lineup? Yeah, I'm going to be doing my PGA DFS first look as soon as we get off of this program. And there's a couple of players that I think kind of jump to the top for me. One, if you want the longest shot of all the longest shots, I, I've been saying course history doesn't matter. Course history doesn't matter. There's a guy named Kevin Streelman who is 76 cents right now on the secondary marketplace. Let me list off a couple of his results here. He has a win. He has a sixth. He has an eighth. He has a second. He's played here a hundred times in his career. And four of the last five times he's shown up here, he's gained at least five or more shots T to green. He's 76 cents. If you're looking for just an absolute long play dart, he's $5 in the rare marketplace. There's 
there's really no other time that I would be using Kevin Streelman, but this is the kind of golf course where I think uh, you can plot your way around. You don't necessarily, even though bombing has been a profile, Bubba Watson has a crazy course history over at the Travelers. There are so many w- different ways to skin a cat on this track at TPC River Highlands. It's a really fun golf course that brings all different archetypes of players into play. And Kevin Streelman had a second in 2020, 25th last year. That is my absolute dark horse that you could probably get behind. 67 cents was what you said. Let's see. What 76, are... 76 oh, cents. 76, my bad. Yeah. I, had the, I had the numbers. I, so I... 76 cents if you want to play somebody for one week and then never use them again. Hey, you never know. Maybe it'll be a time down the road that he pops up again. Yeah, you can pair him with Justin Suh and JJ Spawn and a bunch of other short knockers. That'll be fun. All right, so Kevin Streelman, like you said, we got some of the super cheap core cards. But what is the cheapest rare here? I think Jordan had it on screen for a four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Yeah, seventy six cents for the booster core, and then four ninety nine for the booster rare. So. Yeah, super low prices there on Kevin Streelman. Where does he project for us? Kevin Streelman, we have him with a just about a 1% chance to uh, be in the top five in terms of uh, overall DraftKings scores. You consider betting him to win it all, Eric, to uh, about 240 to one? Yep, I I, I might have like 0.1 units on it, but it's going to happen. Um you know, I did the same thing with Sepp Straka last week. That was pain and suffering. Uh, nice, nice little Friday round. But one bad round is not a golfer make. Some people play bad on Saturday and Sunday after they make a cut. They get the opportunity to play bad another day, whereas some people just front load it. So Sepp Straka did that to me. It is what it is. I think I will live. I will be going back to the well right here. We got Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan swooped in and he bought. That's 76 cent Kevin Streelman. So it is now the uh, the proud property. Of I'll give you a refund if he plays like shit. <laughs> you'll you'll uh, you'll PayPal him or Venmo him <laughs> the 76 cents. Yeah, yeah. Put it on my tab. So I used to randomly do this just because I thought it was funny. I'd go out with like friends or whatever, yeah. and I would PayPal them or Venmo them 69 cents and just say for the sex, and then just see you know who who pops up and ends up opening up there because I feel like. Especially if somebody, if they're dating, if they're dating somebody and they see that pop up on their history, could create issues, which is what I'm all about. And then they meet you in person and they're just fine. They're <laughs> yeah, like, they I, I, he's too adorable. You can't be mad this at that face. Concern. Let's pet his nice little afro. We've got a question right here from <laughs> Charles Moran. Charles is asking, why does course history not matter? Is it like BVP, but for golf? There are a number of different ways to look at it. I truly think it depends on what the golf course is. And then also there has to be some, you have to really, really be paying close attention to what the field looked like in previous years compared to them, like winning an event that isn't an elevated event, being Kevin Streelman and winning it without, you know, uh, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, everybody else there, not nearly as impressive as if he had won it with all of them in the field. It is much more difficult. That's why his odds are such reflected in such a drastic way in the other direction. It's so hard to beat the top players in the world now because they're so consistent. They ball strike it so well every single week. They're basically machinery. And when they putt well, they're impossible to beat for for guys like Kevin Streelman. But Kevin Streelman, these are the kind of golf courses where you can just gain a ton with the irons, have one decent ball striking week, have a ton of course history, compared to them on a track and maybe spike a nice putting week. It's so 
it, it truly just depends on what the course is, what the conditions are, and then also who else is in that field. So that's why I try not to fall in love with it. Strokes gain data is also reflective of other players in the field. You have to keep those things in mind when, when breaking down individual years. So hope that helped. Not just Charles. I know he's the one who asked the question, but relevant information for everybody in the audience. And that is going to do it for the show. 30 minutes flew by. If you guys haven't wow. done yet, like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Don't forget, comment section below. If you guys haven't played PGA Rainmakers yet, we've got a link. It'll bring you right to DraftKings. Totally free starters pack. What's better than free? Right. I know that I've had a couple of good lineups just based on starters lineups that I think I've probably made like 50, 60 bucks off them this year, but it's money I wouldn't have had otherwise. So go check that out. Click on that link below. Oh, and that, guys, thank you very much for watching. I'm beyond MLB Live before lock tonight. So if you want some baseball content, go check that out later. Have a good one. Good luck with your PGA lineups. Have a good night. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday new on curiosity stream i'm james burke i'm going to take you on a journey through time james burke's visionary series returns reimagined for our time now this is all uncharted territory the washington post hails burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the western world the new york times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another where do we want to go from here experience all new connections so what's the next connection with monthly annual and bundled plans find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com